Welcome to the 30k theoretical part one. We're going to be exploring different console types that are underused and underrated. We're also going to be exploring uh, unit types that are also underused and underrated. This is going to be an ongoing series where we share tactics and tips on how to get the most out of your console types and unit types in the game of 30k. As things update with new rules and HH 2.0 is on the horizon, we'll also be adapting our tactics and talking. Uh, for now, buckle up and get ready. Uh, if you do hear the term objective secured mentioned a couple times, just ignore that. Someone was sipping a little bit too much 40k Kool-Aid, if you get what I mean. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. This is episode 34. We're talking about that sweet heresy hoedown. And uh, we're going to be talking about some underused and underrated units. Uh, first things first, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome. And my name is Bill, and I'm joined with my uh, co-host Andy. Yo, yo. And we're also joined with two of our special guests, our... Uh, our brothers of war here. Uh, we've got Dan. Hey. And we've got Alex. He called us special. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I guess just a quick, um, quick kind of uh, round table. What's what's new on the hobby front, guys? What have you guys been working on in the last little bit? I know it's been a little while since you were on. Um, we can start with, uh, Dan, what have you been, uh, doing new hobby wise? Uh, I've just been focusing a lot on Titanicus right now. There's been just going crazy trying to get things built and painted. Cause I, I want to start, you know, exploring into that endeavor and getting games going. And because it's, I hate that. It's the fact that it's the game everyone owns, but nobody plays. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and yes. It, it irks the crap out of me, and I've been trying to push everybody to like try and get it going. And so I've been trying to get my stuff painted just so that I could be like, "Hey, I got everything painted. Let's get going, guys." You know. Got, so, yeah, just mm -hmm. got to set a date. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do have one tentatively, I believe. So yeah, the nineteenth. We should be uh, throwing down and. Firing up some reactors and uh, knocking the rest off, so it should be pretty good. I'm worried that it's going to be like it's the best game that no one's played, and then we all play <laughs> it. And we're all just disappointed by it. <laughs> oh, God, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with these 16 Titans now. Yeah, oh. everything else gets shelved instead. Eh? Yeah, do you guys play it. any other games? No, Titanicus. Titanicus only. I sold off all my other stuff. <laughs> so. Well, that's what I heard. Lots of people that say they played it love it. Yeah. So, I've never heard anyone go, oh, this is the most garbage game I've ever seen in my life. It, usually people go, oh, it's super fun because there's so much randomness to this. But I guess we're not talking about this, in this on this podcast. No, but... no I guess. <laughs> That's Welcome for another to, uh, time. Welcome Wargaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and yourself, Alex, how about you? What do you what's been new on uh, your hobby front? I would like to bench. successfully report that I have finished all 3,750 points of my Blood Angels. Whoa. Nice. Awesome. 
Very, and like all cool. big projects, I am now in my period of depression and relaxation, where I refuse to start <laughs> another project. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Don't worry. Give it a couple months. Like a male seal that just spent his 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 his, his yeah. I'm not going to get into that, but he's he's done for the day, and he's now rested up on the beach, relaxing, <laughs> doing nothing. Awesome. Very nice. awesome. Yeah, if you've uh, if you've tuned in on the Instagram at all, you would have seen uh, some of the pictures when we had our uh, some pictures of the games that we were doing there, practicing for LVO. And we had pictures of his uh, pretty legit looking blood angels. So there, were, I think there were some pictures of them taking on my word bearers. If memory serves me correctly, yeah. so it's pretty good. And yourself, uh, Andy? How about you? What's been uh, What's been new on the hobby front? Uh, the usual and a little bit of everything, but oh, uh, wow. uh, starting to put some uh, Goliath uh, gangers together. So that's going to start up here fairly soon. Just got to get them assembled, and then uh, continuing working on some of the white scars. Some uh, twenty or so infantry right now. Just trying to get them to a point where I can uh, start adding the details and colors to them. They're they're base colors on right now, the white. But uh, yeah, I just had a whole bunch of other projects and everything else just kind of surrounding me and you know telling me get on it. What so, are, what, are, what are you saying is they're primed? You got them primed? No, no, <laughs> no, they're not primed. <laughs> I do not use white primer, so. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, just a mix of everything, really. So I feel it. I feel it. Hopefully, well, we're, we're doing our uh, our painting challenges again. Yeah. Still starting all that up again, so uh, that should get get me back on track, and yeah, go from there. Yeah. No if you get Titanicus models, I'll I'll win that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count if you're seventy five percent done, Dan. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel it. And you, Bill? Uh, I've been I've been tinkering with a few different things. I'm kind of getting a few uh, uh, battle mechs ready for the weekend here, as you know. We've got some, uh, some trials of possession going down later. I well, finished... Like trial refusal. Ref well, refusal, yeah. Um, I ended up finishing off that uh, other word bearer uh, saber tank, so the twins are nice. done, which is nice. Um, gets that kind of out of my hair, and uh, yeah, just you know, talking about the paint pledge, it's going to be um, kind of rolling into bolt action for me. I'm pledging the whole American force, so it'll be go time, show time. A lot of uh, just yeah, gung ho, trying to really, really push myself to get stuff done, emulate. Uh, Alex here and uh, you know be a hobby hero because the guy has seriously put in some work and it's paid off quite well so Aww. yeah that it a little shout out there Good star <laughs> so and and not and not to not to eclipse Dan Dan has been he has been a uh, an honorable princeps he's been starting to work on his Titanicus like you mentioned and it's been uh, it's been pretty good and he has been a driving force for trying to get games, so that is nice. That is nice. Sweet. 
Yeah. So today's episode, we're pretty much going to be going over some units, um, mainly the cons, some of the consoles. That is, yeah, uh, in the Horus Heresy. That's, that's right. correct, Bill. Yep. Um, so kind of uh, a few of them that you don't really see too often, or that we don't see too often, and uh, each of us have kind of our own little thing with them, so we'll have a pretty good conversation with that, and also uh, uh, going over, I guess, a unit or two, same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, the underappreciated, underrated, underused units, mm-hmm. so I think it'll be pretty sweet, I guess kicking in uh, for that first choice that we were talking about is uh, the Herald. That dirty old Herald, you know. Um, (laughs) Realistically, I have not really ran into the Herald too often. Um, As a a just straight up generic Herald. Um, Not counting your special character there, Monty. Uh He's a different he's a different thing. He's a special character. So, not go there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, the Herald, first off, he's he's 40 extra points, right? Yes, he is. So, I mean, really compared to other consoles, uh, probably on the high end. Yeah, he's not cheap, that's for sure. I mean, I mean, there are some that are 45 points, but yeah, he's definitely on the high end. Um, I know I've used them a few times. It's usually usually those games where I'm not taking special character, period. Right? Yeah. So um What about what about you guys? Did have you guys really come across them? Except you're maybe you were playing me and I was using it, but um uh, all the games in LVO and all the random games that we've had in the past and whatnot. Do you guys come across them very often at all? I have not run into a Herald yet. I gotta I gotta admit that. Uh, me either. I I haven't, other than your character, Andy, I haven't actually seen one. Right. Hmm, okay, so so his war gear, I mean, ultimately he's got, there's three banners that he can select depending on um, what side he's on, right? Loyalist, Traitor, and even the Black Shields. So I'm just gonna quote what they actually do. So the banner of of the Aquila, um, pretty much for loyalists, uh, within 12 inches, they'll get a plus one to their weapon skill characteristic. So this is the one I pretty much use because I play loyalists and only loyalists. Missing um, <laughs> <laughs> Come to the dark side, Andy. That's yeah. right. Soon. <laughs> Um, I think it's pretty good I tend to put him close or put him with a command squad or like well not command squad but my uh, cesarean for my uh, ultramarines just to give them that extra boost they're good with terminators right now you're hitting a bit better Mm -hmm. Um, it's a good bubble 12 inches is a good size bubble Mm -hmm. What's the uh, what's the traitor banner do? The banner of the eye, uh, pretty much is twelve inches as well, and it gives plus one inch to the charge and run distances, 
and may re-roll the hit rolls of one in an assault on any turn in which they have successfully charged. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, uh, for sure it is. Um, that sucks. <laughs> well, it is what it is. I mean, they couldn't have been the same, right? So, um, but I, I think it was LVO I was playing against a word bearer uh, player. I think he had some other caster of a different name. I can't remember what he was. But I was telling him, you should really check out the Herald, right? Um, to go along with his his other units to amplify them. And it, it blew his mind away just because of that batter, right? So, I don't know. You, you guys are the traitors, except, well, not Alex. Alex plays all the ways to you, except for his mechanical. It's it's definitely good. It has um it has a good utility for it. Like it's essentially your kind of like a lesser chaplain that's giving also a charge bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of having hatred for all your dice, you you get to reroll one. So it's like a preferred enemy, uh, which is nice. Um, added little bonus for sure. Um, also having it yeah as a twelve inch bubble, it's decent i haven't used it myself too much at all um i know i tried it once a long time ago with my space wolves and that was about it it was a one and done for me but is that with pale hunters uh yeah it was trying to max it out right well what he does is he's basically he's just a utility console right he doesn't the problem is, is he's not fighty because he doesn't get anything different than any other console. And so the bubble, uh, I mean, weapon skill, plus one weapon skill to a max of five is, is bigger than you think. It, it could help those um, those specialty uh, units that have weapon skill four mm -hmm. and you're trying to use them as, you know, a Death Star against other Death Star units that might have a higher weapon skill than you that usually are around weapon skill 5. You know, like taking the Gorgon Terminators who are weapon skill 4 and making them weapon skill 5 so that they're actually fighting at the same, you know, they're rolling the same dice as yeah. the other guys. So, I mean, it, it's good for that or taking, you know, having two big giant blob squads like of just uh, tactical marines running up that are weapon skill 5. Now they're hitting way better. It's so the loyalists. You have to use it, I think, in mass. So if yeah. you have like like a whole bunch of squads stuck together, so you know a twenty man tactical squad, twenty man tactical squad, terminators all in one bubble, they're all hitting on weapon skill five, potentially hitting better than most people, most units on the table. While your your traders with the plus one charge and the hitting you're probably running them into one single Death Star and you're using them for, you know, the, the uh, Justitarian Terminators or the or the Gorvalbach, which are already, you know, weapon skill five anyways. But now you're giving them a chance of getting a better charge and then they're re-rolling the plus ones. Re-rolling ones, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it just makes them better that way. Plus, you know, he, he his banner does make him fearless, which helps a lot. It, he's fearless in the unit he joins, but he, uh, 
there's a, a great combo that I've been trying to think of if I were to actually use one. And what it is, is if you go to the command traits, if you make him your warlord, if you go to the command traits, they all have a 12-inch bubble. I got the book open right now. So you get like, for example, if you if you roll on the chart and you get Master Vanguard, your warlord and all friendly units uh, add plus one to the charge distance. Would that not make it plus two to the charge distance? If you're a traitor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, target priority where your, your warlord and all friendly units within 12 have a reroll to hits and shooting. So you potentially you could have this overlapping layer of of utility, and I think that's where he could become good is taking him and making like your warlord, and taking you know rolling on the command trait. And since he's a, a master of the legion, he can roll two dice. Yeah, and he he has to be your commander, does he not? Uh, I think no. write a command. No. The problem is, is he's a support character. I think this is his biggest flaw. He's a support character, so he can't just be your one and done character. He also has fallen honor, and if he dies, he gives up one victory point. Yeah. Beat me to it. That's the biggest issue for me. Yeah. So the other thing that I think we're missing here too uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong Andy is that uh, he also gains objective secured on any unity joins right so like you're gonna want to put him on objectives either defensively or offensively obviously offensively for traders defensively for, for loyalists um, but by putting him in that situation you're, you're putting him constantly in a line of fire where you're always at risk of losing a VP. So the VP that you potentially gain for putting him in there could be lost just by losing the unit, which is a mm -hmm. pretty rough, uh, rough downside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and that's I, probably why he's not brought a lot is because people don't want to give up free verdicting points because how many games have we lost where it literally was by one point, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, like, and, and it's weird because, like, I'm actually reading <clears throat> his right of command, and it, it's saying that uh, he's always he always has to be the army's warlord. Yeah, but then you have he's a legion support officer, and that just says he can't be used as a compulsory HQ trophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you'll have to take another a one as the, as the tax. Or, yeah. 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 You're taking so, a centurion or, or something, anyways, to so, navigate it. So yeah, and like you guys are saying, you know, he dies, fallen on honor. There's a victory point there, right? And now and so the warlord, he's a warlord. There's another victory point there. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. I guess. Yeah. So right. I, I like I don't. And again, I don't. Want, I don't want to poo-poo the whole idea here because I think there's some good plays there. You know, obviously. Dan with the 3D chess here on the Warlord traits is a good idea, <laughs> but uh, you know, just just from a you know, if you are a loyalist sitting on objective, objective secured, I think really the Herald plays into maybe more of a Mordoval event style or a, a narrative style game where Centurion. you're scoring points yeah. actively 
um, and that that objective secured trait, giving it to a unit of terminators that can actually sit on objective or defend an objective or take an objective aggressively. Um, he's giving them, you know, offensive defensive bonuses depending mm -hmm. on the faction you're playing, and he's allowing them to steal objectives off of, you know, tactical squads or something like that just by their presence alone. So, um, I think I think there's some good play there. Um, I just have a real hard time getting over the the downside of the lost VP for taking him. Well, definitely fair, Dope. for sure. But he um, and we also have the uh, the dark banner for the black shields, which nobody really plays here locally. Not really. Not no. that, not that no. I come across. Uh, so for them, they pretty much within twelve inches as well. Uh, they have the fear special rule, and they also add plus one to their leadership character. Nah. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. Coming, coming from an army that has all fear all the time, that's not really that great. Yeah. So, um, what can you say? It, I mean, sure, it, it could be used. It could be used good if you're going against the, against militia. That yeah. kind of thing, right? But yeah. the chances you're always going to be fighting militia, you know, every game, uh, it's not going to happen. So. Part of the problem is, is, and this is the same thing with Night Lords, is uh, like one third of the legions ignore fear or have something against, you know, rolling against it, fear. So it's not, fear is not that huge game-breaking thing in, no, it's in not. 30k. Current, and currently, anyways, currently. Hopefully, hopefully Heresy 2.0 will maybe change that. Except yeah, it would be nice to see some of those mechanics actually come in and have these like legions that are renowned for literally sowing terror into the hearts of mortals and fellow legionaries alike, uh, yeah. kind of being a little more prevalent. Yeah. yeah, I think I think one of the issues there, and uh, they did pick up on it more towards the end of I guess sixth and seventh, and obviously eighth and ninth here with 40k is is modifiers on stuff like this, and AOS is big on this for leadership modifiers, where you know if you're going to play Night Lords or even even Sons of Horus to an extent, um, you know having having a negative one, negative two, or negative three modifier on a leadership test is huge like yeah. it's it's a big issue like yeah suddenly suddenly losing a leadership test um means you're always running and you're always getting chased and then adding you know putting in modifiers to that with uh, either a console or some other uh, that gives you plus one initiative you know so that when you're rolling those initiative checks you're always winning them then you're just running over units and it becomes very useful but it just that that mechanic just doesn't really exist in in, in heresy in its current edition yeah well the closest thing to that is conrad but if you ignore fear then it's useless right so yeah conrad runs into a you know fearless anything and is just <laughs> suddenly suddenly his whole gimmick is out the window like yeah. <laughs> pretty much pretty much it's like it's like when the, the you know the scooby-doo and the kids unmask the the ghost at the yeah end. just a sad man <laughs> yeah some bitter old man <laughs> Awesome. But I, I definitely agree that a Herald is a double-edged sword, right? He's got his utility. He's got, you know, the potential to be great. But it's just these underlining, you know, disappointments of, you know, giving up victory points and him being a, a, a support character, I think, what is what really hinders him. And I think that's probably the main reason most people don't run him. 
um, maybe a, a theme here for these just quickly is what would you fix if you could fix this character in a way? Ooh. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, how, how could you make it better? What could you do? Well, I, I, I kind of like the Fallen Honor thing. Like, if you read the stories, they literally emphasize on how the banner is, like, this huge thing. Like, the Emperor's Children guy was ho- holding it the whole time. And then Fulgrim had it. And then uh, Ventanas had it throughout the whole thing. He was killing yeah. word bearers with it, right? Like, it, it goes back to literally the Roman legionnaires, right? Like, the, yeah. standard, the standard was their sacred icon, right? So, I mean, it, they've portrayed it here in, in the game with this kind of thing, right? So, um, as for, like, what would you kind of change or fix? Um, probably change maybe what the banner, some of the banners might actually do. To make them a little bit more par on with each other, because um, obviously you can see that the traitor one is actually pretty good compared to the rest of. Them. You know what would be a fun um, mechanic to kind of fix that would be instead of having all three banners, like one for loyalists, one for traitors, one for black shields, do separate things. Why not give the option where you could pick one of the three? depending on how you're going to use it yeah or even just even just saying he can pick from the command trait because there's six here right yeah and they all kind of do similar things to that one yeah that wouldn't be bad either other you know option for massive amounts of fluff there is to actually give them give each one a legion banner so that doubles down on the legion characteristics so maybe like plus one strength for blood angels plus one anish for emperor's children uh, plus oh, one toughness for cool. salad matters and stuff like that. Yeah, just a, just a there big you list. Go. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking above, above and beyond. Yeah. Next, Would you take out the support level. officer? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I want I him mean, on a bike. Can I have him on a jet bike with a banner? Yeah, that's weird that he can't get on a bike. <laughs> no, I know yeah, they yeah, no jump pack, no bike, and no uh, Terminator no armor. Terminator armor. Uh, they FAQ'd him. He's in the FAQ. They gave him Terminator oh. armor, and that's it. But I, I understand why he can't be on a bike or jet why pack. Not, because Dad? you have this 12-inch bubble jumping around, giving, so? you know, <laughs> giving bonuses to everybody. You just, you'd literally just fly him around. Oh, this car- oh, these unit need help over here. I'm just gonna you jump know, over here. You know what? That that might be it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that could be. It's called versatility. Damn it. Oh, that 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 yeah. Then he has utility. That's what his job is. Because <laughs> <laughs> you put him on a jet bike and he's moving around 36 inches a turn. Because he doesn't even need the. You can run and he still gives the bonus, right? Maybe, so maybe the turbo boost. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe maybe he just gets the standard batter for the scars, but gets access to a jet bike. Yeah, it's true. So you get weapon skill five, but uh, but you get access to a jet bike instead. Just like there's, there's, I think there's, you know, with all the, you know, character and and upgrade character rules here in Horus Heresy, I think there was a lot of room for extra fluff there or really flavor for rules mm-hmm. that just didn't make it to print, unfortunately. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, I would get rid what rid of the negative VP. Um, I just think like that. That is a general rule on all units is terrible. 
um, because most of these HQs you are taking as attacks in some form, typically. Like, you know, consoles were invented originally as attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get buy a console, get access to a, uh, to a right. And so, you know, you're already paying a tax, and then you also have to pay a negative VP tax, potentially. Um, and Heresy is a game where units get wiped out constantly. Like, very rarely do you finish a game with more than 50% of your army. Um, you know, unless you're playing Andy. And uh, so, hey. like, uh, <laughs> so, like, you just, uh, your units are going to die. And so having that tax, mm. you're always trying to, like, protect a unit that is, you want to give buffs, you want to use it, but at the same time, you're always like, I can't use it because it's going to cost me the game, potentially. That, that's a crappy decision to make a player have to make. Yeah, I, I have enough it. of those, uh, you know, giving up a victory point when you lose your command already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need more. <laughs> imagine imagine putting them in a Dark Angels, like, list where they're taking those rights where it's, like, minus victory points to, or, sorry, giving victory points to the uh, the opponent if they don't, if you don't do certain things, and then having a console that also gives up victory points. Brutal. Like, hello, I'm a Dark Angels player. I'm here to lose. Uh, but I, hope yeah. <laughs> I got the best everything, but my rights says that I'm gonna lose this game every time. I'm just gonna go play quarantine. No, that's fluffy. <laughs> Even if you win as a Dark Angel player, you lose. You still lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, that was, that was good. I definitely liked uh, like some of the ideas in that one. For sure. Um, the other uh, console type that we were talking about that uh, you know you don't see very much of was uh, that that dirty dog warmonger. So. So I I like this guy. I think I think uh, mobility is a massive uh, boon in 30k and giving options to a unit to deep strike is fantastic um whether it's a you know a unit of 20 marines or 10 terminators um just having that option to dump a unit behind lines uh is is a fantastic 45 points Mm -hmm. well spent agreed because yeah that's what the warmonger does is he any unit he can join deep strikes on the on i guess throughout the game but he, he also gets an iron halo and digital lasers and digital lasers yeah Yeah. (laughs) so he's basically if you look at him he's basically just a dumbed down version of abaddon because abaddon you know he's a a praetor level but he him and a a unit of terminator terminators are allowed to deep strike so now you everyone has the ability to take like a little mini abaddon i like that yeah no, so it's a good uh, that's a good example for sure. I uh, I have used the warmonger and I've used it for some uh, much needed mobility. Just kind of to echo what Alex was saying um, with my iron warriors, um, I've I've used them to deep strike iron circle down uh, before. The biggest issue that I've ran into using this tactic is uh, being within range of a cortex controller. Um, that's oh. that's been a double-edged sword. So nine times out of ten, if I'm running that, I I do have um, usually Perturabo or a uh, 
warsmith somewhere close in the army and kind of got to play the babysitting game but aside from that you know small negative uh you know deep striking uh iron circle is always nice so i don't uh i don't he doesn't really fit into any of my armies at the moment um well mainly because i don't really have uh too much close combat units to get in super close with most of my armies are, are shooting right so mm-hmm. um but yeah, like. Does he have any negatives? I don't have book eight with me right now. Um, I'm just trying know. to think of what what would stop him from being used. No, just he no, just gets no, iron just, halo, digital lasers, allows one unit to deep strike. That's all he gets. Yeah, the unit. He Does he get unit. a write a command or anything? No. Oh, okay, no, so he can't. He's just a console. Like, there's nothing. Nothing fancy. Okay. No. Because I'm just trying to think. Like, I mean, what what comes to mind first? You obviously, you know, Terminators are the biggest thing you deep strike. Um, but breachers taking like 20 breachers or something like that, and deep striking those. Absolutely, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. Is it's like you're just dumping dumping a squad of twenty one marines on someone's flank or backyard. Yeah, is 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 upsetting. Like it's it's like all right, you got to deal with this now. Like oh, fuck, like, how do you, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're troops and their objective secured. And yeah. Back to the previous conversation. Now I'm now I'm now I'm objective secured. I'm in your backyard. And the way most heresy objectives, or, or at least book missions, are kind of built, there is you do get bonuses for sitting on an enemy's objective in their deployment zone. So you're like yeah. you're already uh, in their deployment zone on a home field objective or close to one where you're threatening it constantly. And they've got to have to like just dealing with twenty marines with you know fury of the legion right in your back end is a, just it's it's a tough prospect. Yeah. Let alone ten cataphractic terminators. And it's not to mention too like. Okay, so you, like you said, you're sitting on an objective, but there's always that line breaker. Um, yeah. Oh. Secondary, right? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't exist in 30k, but I get what you're saying, Andy. There, there are times where you need to be in the their deployment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, S- similar, similar to line breaker. I, th- I think it yeah. goes along with with the the Mordaval events type, you know, tournaments that we're obviously been playing in. More lately, whereas you know, line breaker is a secondary in those events where you do have mm-hmm. the option to you know, like you get scoring points for, or you get more scoring points for scoring objective in the enemy's deployment zone and stuff like that. So it's like pseudo line breaker, I guess, for thirty k. But, reg- but like, like regardless, uh, right? It's what, like what you're about, saying having that unit in the opponent's zone to, to mess them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I, I like characters and rules that like you know. F- force you you and your player to make decisions that are are tactical and this is the type of thing like i'm gonna put something in your backyard deal with it right that takes pressure off my front takes pressure off the objectives i'm trying to catch in the front um the other thing too is like even like cataphracti you know with with combi weapons with melters on them right suddenly i'm i'm dropping 10 melters in your back you know i'm gonna pop your your knight or your spartan or your your rhino um and you know, get maybe first blood or 
or something like that. And then I've got, uh, I guess I can't because I probably have not deep striking till turn two. But you know, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm popping yeah. something, I'm doing yeah. damage, I'm I'm causing you to pay attention to me, uh, and then you got to come deal with me. So that's like that's good decisions to make your player, your opponent make consistently. Oh, imagine salamander players bringing fire drakes just in your backyard. Yeah, no, that's not fun. Why <laughs> ten, ten fire drakes show up in your well, climate zone on turn two? You're like, oh, fuck. But you also, you also got to think this. about it, though. You got you to think about that that point Dan just made. I mean, how many points did you just save on to not taking a Spartan? Yeah. Right? And yeah, exactly. If the fire drakes are coming down, they're coming down. Don't come and play against my Ultramarines, because... You're not coming in until maybe later on, but you know, um, yeah, saving saving that many points and using it for other stuff in the game—that's another bonus to him, right? Yeah. Um, Again, if if fire drakes come in at two and turn two, three, or four, <laughs> that's still that's still that's still upsetting. Like for me, oh, yeah. for all my armies I play, fire drakes are like a—I don't—I don't know what to do with them. I try and run, yeah. run away from them for the most part. So, yeah, ten of them showing up in my my backyard just scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not a nice prospect to deal with for sure. They uh, they're dirty. I don't like them. Can you? Oh no, you can't because you can't deep strike the herald. It's like, a, like how can we pile a herald into this conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's that that controversy that I've seen online of. People are like, oh, you know, if I take a, you know, take this unit and then I have a second character in that unit, can I deep strike? I've seen this conversation a hundred times and it's always back and forth. No one really knows. Like, I I know the rules kind of say that characters can't help other characters, but it like, I don't, yeah, I don't really know myself. Isn't it, isn't it? I, I don't think we need to figure this out in the podcast, but I think it comes down to that, like units joining other units in deployment. That's the conversation, yeah. and that's a tough one because there's no real rules on that phase in 30k. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you could throw a herald in with this, then you're like weapon skill six, and your objective secured, and you're in your backyard. That's awesome. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I was trying to think of another use for him. Um, in in orbital, uh, the drop pod, right? You can't take certain units. Um, they, sorry, you can't take units unless they can get into drop pods or deep strike. So if you have units that can't take a drop pod or, you know, your Cryptus or your Dreadclaw is too expensive, you could take, potentially you could take this Warmonger and take him with a unit that you want to deep strike that you don't want on the table kind of thing the first turn. Yeah, I so think he, you could uh, he, definitely mitigate some of the right of war restrictions that way. Because, yeah, because the Orbital Assault, it basically says that, you know, if they can't get in a draw pod, they either have to deep strike or they can't be used at all. So if you don't want to, you know, spend 300 points on a Cryptus or, you know, you don't own a Dreadclaw, but you own, you know, a character model. And you're like, oh, I want to get these Terminators on the field, but, you know, that, that could be a way to get them on, right? Yeah. Does the unit have to have... The deep strike special rule for that? If it can't go inside a transport that deep strikes, then it has to. There is a restriction though on because he has to be able to join the unit. Mm-hmm. So it has to be an infantry unit effectively. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, if you have drop pods and you take Nuncio boxes and then all of a sudden, you know, if you want to... Because he's coming on second turn onwards, right? He's not deep striking first turn. No. So, you, you know, you potentially have drop pods with guys with Nuncio boxes and you could potentially drop this Warmonger with a, you know, 10-man Terminator squad or whatever, right? Yeah. Next okay, uh, so that, unit so that, that already came on. In that particular that could, right, uh, Terminator's gain... Deep strike. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Right. But, but whatever, some yeah. unit that you want on. It 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 answers. It kind of answers my question just there with that thought. Dan was because he's not on first turn, right? Mm -hmm. He comes. He comes in second turn, or possibly second turn. You've attached him to the unit, so therefore giving that unit, you know, um, giving the unit the deep strike, right? Yes. Whereas, like, if you were, it's kind of like when you're deploying stuff, you know, if, if it, they deployed separately, then that unit wouldn't have D-Strike, but if you deploy them together, they would. So I was kind of thinking, like, does that unit have to have that word in their profile? Oh, oh like no. base? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, but he, he does have to join them. He You can't be like, oh, they're going to start on the table, but my warmonger is going to deep strike. I, I think legally you can't do that because they the way the wording is is if they can't deep strike then you can't take them. But yeah, putting that warmonger I mean. into that yeah. unit gives them the ability to yeah. deep strike. So then you can play them. Yeah, so it's the wording it, specifically joins the unit and allows them to. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, we're good there. Cool. Just like just like drop pods. I like that they changed it when they updated drop pods. That they changed it so that it says if a unit gets into a drop pod, they have to start in the drop pod. Because there was a lot of times where I played Orbital our, our armies, and guys were just letting everything on the table and then bringing drop pods on after. Yeah, empty, just empty, empty drop pods. pods yeah. yeah. I think someone did that. That's in this Sounds channel. like a game trick. Yeah, but because you know you could game it out if if you're like, oh, you need to hold this objective turn one at the beginning of turn one, right? And be like, okay, yeah. this unit's gonna get on, my drop pod's just gonna come on later, whatever. Yeah, but that's not how the right should be played. Anyways, yeah, I'm getting carried away. <laughs> it's good. No, it's good. Good discussion. Things up. It is, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, he, I think he's just you don't see him because people probably just don't see the utility in him maybe or maybe he just doesn't have anything really else special about him yeah i mean right. digital lasers and iron halo is pretty good like i i've kind of in the background i've ordered a few of the just Aaron here just to kind of play around with i have this <laughs> idea for a for sons of horus just Aaron focused force you know led by abaddon obviously but if i couldn't lead or if we're playing you know centurion or playing more of all with no characters you know this is actually a pretty good fit for that force yeah yeah that's what i was thinking like myself. i take i take the praetor for sure and i'd take this guy and then i could i could deep strike two squads of just Aaron without a right hmm. i would still play with abaddon's model and be like he's my warmonger <laughs> yeah no yeah. doubt <laughs> why not i'm <laughs> Because <laughs> in more of all, my 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 praetor's getting the shield and the and the cataphactor primus armor. Oh, you dirty so, dog! Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. nice. The first company, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like I have it on, but better in every way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. 
Sorry, just derailing the conversation. No, well, hey, it's it's all it's all worth uh, food for thought. So I know. Um, moving along, uh, we got into talking about underutilized units, and you know what what kind of a unit or what units do we think are underutilized and uh, underrated and. I know one unit that we kind of were talking about almost almost came up unanimously between Andy and I at the same time was uh, the Humble Recon Squad. You see them in the book. I, I've never actually used them. I, I've never really played against them. Uh, I haven't seen them really in any, any army before, locally anyways. Smells like Raven's Guard stuff. Well, it it does, it does <laughs> for sure. Um, I I know like I've looked at it and I've kind of just glanced over like yeah okay like for myself okay Iron Warriors um, would it be cool to take some recon squads with Iron Fire so I can you know start letting bombardments drop and have the no scatter and stuff yeah yeah I I think it would be uh, pretty sweet I personally would probably rather rely on um, having like a dread claw or something drop in with the infantry uh, but yeah it's 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 a squad that yeah you don't really see much of but they do they do have a purpose they do have a place and uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about so I pretty have... much sorry go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead Dan. I was gonna say I've used them in the past well, and it's usually uh... to be to be gamey Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so my personal experience with them is um, we, uh, so for Iron Hands, the head of the Gorgon allows any unit that is able to take a Rhino, they're allowed to take a Land Raider. Yeah. So I would take five of them, the five bare bone uh, recon squad. And give them a land raider and elf flank, or or not so sorry. I would, I would scout it, or I would um, infiltrate it. Uh, a land raider. So, I and so the, just just to tack on there quick. I agree. Like I think I think the the purpose of a recon squad is to get cheap uh, storm eagles into your army. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the only reason because uh, the F Proteus can take three last cannons. Yes, it three can. Three twin link last cannons. I believe for so, two twenty five all in. Yeah, yeah. So you take you know you take your hundred point uh, recon squad and and in Iron Hands ahead of the Gorgon they're infiltrating, scouting, uh, land raiders and potentially getting side armors and being a nuisance. And yeah, they they also that's outflank, where I use right? them. Uh, well, the head of the gorgon gives any tank outflank, but yeah, you potentially could do that with other other armies too. Huh. I've also um, I've played one game of Raven Guard where I had scouts, and uh, the funny story about this one is. So I, I literally took them because, you know, like Alex said, it feels Raven Guardy. And that's the only reason I took them was just, you know, to be Raven Guard scouts. And uh, I had them sitting in an objective. And uh, our 
an Emperor's Children player we play with, what's funny is he was trying to trying to assault them to try and get to move his unit up to try and you know, he was just trying to charge them so that he could go up, kill them, get them off the objective, but he was also trying to use them to to move his models up. And he goes to charge and he rolls his dice. He, I was like, oh, hold, hold on a sec. And I'm like, he's like, what are you talking about? Hold on a sec. I'm like, they have shroud bombs, which if people don't know what shroud bombs are, uh, shroud bombs are if, if someone goes to charge you, they have to take a leadership test. Hmm. And if they fail that leadership test, that charge has failed. And he goes, well, you know, Fulgrim's fearless and i'm like it doesn't matter it's just a leadership check it's just a test he's like oh whatever you know i'll just roll it because you know his leadership 10 rolls it fails it he missed he, that charge is negated and i'm laughing at him because he's like man i you know i was just trying to use them to try and get him uh fulcrum up the board yeah and he was just like man that's such a piss off that 100 point unit just screwed everything up because now fulcrum's sitting out in the open because he, he was hoping for the charge. He was It was like a five-inch charge or something dumb. And he was just trying to move, like, get Fulgrim into cover where the mm -hmm. scouts were. And I was just laughing at him. I'm like, ah, and I, you know, and then Fulgrim and his unit got shot up the next turn. But so, the shroud bombs are probably their biggest, I think, thing. Well, just in, just in general, like, kind of looking at the price difference here between the Legion, like, the... <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, the reconnaissance squads and the tactical squads, you're basically paying 50 points more to give them outflank. Do they get outflank naturally? Yes. Yeah. So, to give them outflank and shroud bombs. That's a pretty steep price for tacticals. And not to forget, they actually get acute senses. On yeah. top of everything, right? I actually, to be honest, I, I don't really play... I don't like I said I don't play legions very much, and my legions are like my tacticals are like here's my here's my two choices. Let me let me get all the cool things instead. Um, and but these actually are pretty interesting because you know you don't buy you don't buy yourself a rhino, and it allows you to outflank, so it kind of protects your tacticals for the first turn, and allows you to steal objectives, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool actually. So I. Sorry, go, Andy. I was just going to uh, say with them, with, with all these abilities that they have, um, taking them just stock with the bolter obviously is an option, right? But if you go start going into their actual options for upgrades, like they're one of the units that is able to take a sniper rifle in game. Now, for this is what. This is what starts to make them not worth it, is starting to upgrade them. So five points each. There's been many times where I would love to have these sniper rifles in my army just due to the simple fact that I'm fighting against some big-ass monster's creature yep. that I am having a hell of a time trying to deal with. Mm -hmm. No matter what weapons I'm firing at. Thanks, Alex. Um, Alex's Mechanicum. I mean... There's some big bots in there, and sometimes they're really hard to deal with because they're so, so tough, right? High toughness, uh, yeah. Even even the demons, demons have some high toughness. So, like these guys being able to pretty much scout or or 
infiltrate to where you want them and having 10 of them with sniper rifles can definitely uh, you know put some strain on those units right more than likely those units are going to have a decent save but you know how you know the numbers game right yeah you just make them roll and eventually starts failing so it'd be nice to who knows i might might put them into the ultramarines army or even the white scars army uh, we'll have to see i'd have to try them out um yeah you know interlocking tactics i get three roll those ones so mm -hmm. could work out for me right um yeah they do they do have a lot of other equipment that they can take um shotguns for free well shotguns shotguns Don't see them yeah. too often um isn't that a bizarre choice why does your stealth unit have shotguns <laughs> It's I, it's because uh, the the forty k models ha came with shotguns, yeah, and I think that's the only the reason why. Specifically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so a model carrying an assault? Never mind. <laughs> that's just assault weapon. Um. Yeah, like shotguns are kind of mediocre. Yeah, I I would I'm love sorry. for them. I would love for them to be better than they are. Um. You know, just they, they are kind of lackluster. Um, although, who, who knows? I, I know it sounds like a broken record, but hopefully, on the horizon, there's some change and uh, we see some really good things start to come up with some of these units. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem I see with them, and probably the, the reason most people don't use them, is, is the price. Like Alex said, they're they're a little more expensive than uh, tactical marines. But the the biggest part is, you know, you you want to take them with the sniper rifles and the Cameline cloaks, but a sniper rifle is five points each, and then a cloak is five points. So you're adding an extra ten points per model. And the rifle, yeah, and the rifle, it's a it's heavy one, right? So you can't move. You can't, you know. Obviously, you're going to be infiltrating them or, or scouting them or whatever. But that one shot is is only a sniper shot it's strength four sniper ap nothing or ap ap5 or something but it's it's it it's i don't think it's worth five points that's the problem with the the scouts in my in my opinion i mean they're they're kind of cool every time i've ran them i've just ran them in power armor and i've given them and one bonus they can take is they all can take melt bombs but yeah, other than that, each, so another 50 yeah. Points. Other than that, I it's it's too hard to to spend five points on a cloak and a and a sniper rifle. Yeah. So I, yeah, I agree. I think I think honestly, for the one seventy five, you should get the the cloak for free. So I guess that that goes to back. How would you how would you fix these guys' cloaks for free? built into their costs so Mornival, i guess you could say fix them because they made like the guns two points and they made the cloaks like two points yeah so just reduced points on them yeah. yeah they just reduced the points but yeah makes it a little I, bit more manageable they're they're cool models i think they've been around since the beginning the the scouts with the power armor and the cloaks yeah yeah those guys have been around forever 
and they they still look good for models that you know started out in the beginning and you know i there are always times where i've you know i'm, I'm sitting in bed at night and i'm like i'm thinking about like lists that are building man i was like man i i i want to ever there's times where i'm like oh man i want to do the recon right where you know it screws with deployments and you know you your first turn you get shrouded and all this stuff but i'm like but you have to take three units of scouts and they're already expensive and taking five of them is is a weak option for objective holding units so and they are a support squads so yeah well in the recon right they become troops but yeah, yeah support squads another factor but that's that's most units in the troop section that really isn't what regular tactical marines and assault marines mm -hmm. everything else like becomes pretty much support yeah well breachers uh, too. except for breachers, breachers yeah. but yeah uh, breachers are really expensive so yeah, yeah that's the problem with them but, but well it's, I, it's it's one of those units that i think just it has that flair to them for just kind of uh aesthetics right for okay this is like these are my snipers for my army that's mm -hmm. pretty much what that unit is right and it just goes along with the little blurb they even have here about you know their uh experienced space marines operating independently so the rules that they've given them obviously show that kind of thing right and they have long-range weaponry and you know aspects and stealth gear and stuff like that it just they're just another flare to another unit with a little bit of different uh options and mm -hmm. playability rates so the uh, only sorry andy the other mm -hmm. option i could see with them is is taking them with um, recon armor and a nuncio vox to try and infiltrate up a nuncio vox for you know like uh, Bill was saying with the iron fire or you know you have deep striking units helps with that warmonger that's deep striking right it's true mm -hmm. even if I, other than that I don't see use for them it'd be nice even if you could. Um if they changed almost, I guess, how they interact with uh, Blast, or if they gave you, like, a mess up the reserve, almost like a baby um, vigilator rule, where you can maybe mm. do, like a, like, a sabotage or a mining thing, something, booby trap, right? Like, something like that would make them, I think, a little bit more fun to play, and people might be more oh, inclined. Like, uh, in, in, uh, in 40k, like, the infiltrators that get the mines? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that, like being able to take mines and booby trap buildings and stuff. That'd be cool. Or like even reduce, yeah, reduce cover save of an opponent's like piece of terrain on their side, right? Because it's been booby trapped or something like that. I think would be really cool as a mechanic and very cool, like to include on these these forward operating marines. Like I think it would make oh, them just, just like next so, level. So you know what these guys remind me is like forward observers. Mm. Right, mm -hmm. um, snipers. They observe. They're screwing around with the enemy. Uh, the nuncio vox. They're, you know, giving coordinates to a target to get bombarded by barrage. That kind of thing. Right. Would be pretty neat is if they had a marker like like the mine thing like you're saying. I was just going to say that this, Andy. Down, like, and Bill's no. Bill knows where I'm coming from with this because of bolt action. Actually, 
but it's a marker that he can put down and he could call in an airstrike or something like yeah. that. Oh, right? well, I was thinking something similar, but yeah, go ahead, Andy. That, that's pretty much what I was doing. Like, there's a, uh, you know, an airstrike which is very similar to a, um, uh, you know, artillery barrage, but maybe yeah. instead of, maybe instead of it, it's affecting one unit, you know, it, uh, it will affect that unit and possible couple units within a certain distance of that unit right like a strafing run or something right yeah so um, make them worth the points that they're set at currently maybe so there's uh what i was thinking there's that new unit in the ninth book uh those little scout bikes yeah oh I they have called but i don't they have the ability to point out units and I think it's an 18 inch range, but, but if the scouts had that, I think that would potentially make them better where they're, they're able to, I can't remember what the rule is. I don't have book nine in front of me. Um, they point out a unit, either the units shooting against that unit, that enemy unit get plus one ballistic skill or they get the reroll. I can't remember what it is exactly. But if scouts had that, would potentially make them better, like a like a pseudo cognoscignum kind of thing. Yeah, basically, or like, like a minus, basically like tau marker lights. Yeah, tau. They're yeah, just, marker light. yeah, they're holding a marker light, and all all incoming fire would be plus one ballistic skill. That'd be sick. Yeah. Mm. You, you you can even give special rules like oh missile weapons get ignore cover right because they're you're targeting something or dudes shooting bolters get you know get uh, you know minus one to the cover save or whatever right like you know the imagination can go on and on of what they could do that wouldn't that make them good but not game breaking. So so Dan starting up his own Morneville style book. And no ideas for <laughs> new units. No, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Danaval book. The Danaval. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we've said this a few times. If if Forge World, if you're listening, or GW, whoever's writing yeah. the books now, I don't know. Things GW now. <laughs> yeah, uh, fans are speaking. Yeah, you better be listening. Yeah. Hit us up. Uh, <laughs> let us know if you want more ideas. This is like the never-ending think tank. <laughs> if you want I won't write for you but I'll I'll tell you exactly how to fix units or make them better yeah <laughs> oh boy awesome <laughs> but you know what's neat though is e even with that idea like you could play test stuff like that to throw into an event you know mm -hmm. yeah. just one or two units like that that you can be like okay guys try it out you know? yeah, well, just to see. Yeah. Yeah, rather than trying to fix the whole book, just just tweak, you know, one or two units. Yep, and it's and see it's how like it works. And as like I said before, it'd be really neat if uh, GW Forge World would even come out with like a package of like, or just a whack load of new characters, like new consoles and and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like, you know. I mean, Morneville kind of did different characters and stuff like that, but um, it'd be neat to see an official thing come out like that where these characters would change the way the armies are a bit more 
and being able to play slightly different or give different abilities. So, um, just add more flavor, just, right? My yeah. two cents, right? Some allspice in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Some, some seasoning. That's <laughs> true. It's true. I put that shit on everything. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, that definitely um, some pretty killer, uh, you know, ideas and good food for thought. I think um, you know if you're if you're li still listening, you made it this long. Let us know in the comments. What do you what do you think about some of these ideas with these units? What do you think about some of the ideas to fix these units? Um, you know, are are there other units that you want us to talk about? Like this is kind of going to be the first of an ongoing thing because there are several units for us to uh continue talking about more mm -hmm. consoles everything like that but we wanted to start here at least as a as a you know staging point and then we'll kind of go from there but yeah if you have ideas um definitely yeah hit us up in the comments let us know because we're always we're always down to uh continue the engagement there's been lots of it lately on social media so we're uh, mm -hmm. pretty excited to continue uh, that trend you know and um, I guess just as we were wrapping up, you know, uh, much appreciated Dan and Alex for jumping on with us again and, you know, talking about all the good things. These, these are, uh, what makes the gaming group so, uh, strong and diverse is cause it, it's constant, you know, just mulling over ideas and think tanking, mm -hmm. brainstorming. So this is kind of what it's about for us, you know, this is. This is why this is why we are the way we are. This is why we play the way we do. So, <laughs> very nice. And yeah, that's that's kind of about it for me. You guys have anything you want to add before we dip out? Uh, no, I think we. I I know I talk a lot, and I'm, <laughs> my throat's getting sore. But no, I, I definitely. Uh, Bring me back on if you want to ever just listen to me ramble on about, you know, units. I'll definitely be there. So. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, awesome, guys. Well, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Peace. Catch you. Ew.